Yep. It's House, a.k.a. Mr. Smart City. And I welcome you, my dear listener, to another lovely, lovely episode of the Smart City Podcast, the Above 3D series. Happy Monday. goes without saying that I hope you have a fantastic week lined up for you. This episode is going to go out to all those who specifically have a goal or a mission that they are pursuing. But even if you don't and you're still figuring it out, these are still timeless principles to pay attention to. And what I mean by that is the people that we surround ourselves with, as tribal creatures that humans are, we seek belonging. Nobody likes to be ostracized from their community. There is an inherent nature in us to want to find belonging with our pack. The downside to this yearning and this desire is that sometimes we allow too much leash to those around us that are actually negative and holding us back for no other good reason other than their possible shortcomings. Now, it's important to take personal responsibility and be self-reflective when this is going on. But once you've done that and you realize that you are not negatively impacting this person, but for whatever reason, they seem to always change into a different person when you're around people. Well, this episode is for you because it's important that you know and don't doubt yourself when you are enabling poor behavior that is toxic to you and whether you acknowledge it at the conscious level or not, it's festering there at the subconscious and unconscious level. So I'm going to tell you the signs to look out for that you might not even pay attention to so much or read too much into, but it's important to understand what's going on because it might be holding you back from going after your dreams and plants a seed in your head of self-doubt that doesn't need to exist and like everything it's all about the balance that we seek so this message is not meant to make you paranoid or hyper vigilant but aware situational awareness don't take it too far but it's important to know the signs that you might not know exist Now, there's a reason that if you were to talk to any millionaire or someone of high value that you look up to, that one of the gems that they'll drop on you is to not talk to people about your dreams and just pursue it. And there's a reason for that. People don't like to hear about your dreams. Everybody appreciates the end product. Some will hate it no matter what because they're jealous. But for the most part, just idle chatter about the future, that is all they hear in their head. And it's when you talk about the dreams that you'll find that people you thought were your closest ally have hidden resentment towards you when you start talking about it. I remember a time, I was at a fantastic Italian restaurant celebrating with some university friends after we closed out the semester. There was a vintage 1940s soundtrack playing, but that incredibly peaceful atmosphere would soon turn into tension as thick as a Nova Scotian bowl of oatmeal with peanut butter. Because naturally, when you finish a semester, you're talking about the future. What is next? And it was even thick enough for the excitement for an outrageous bucatini with marinara sauce that they were known for to become less appealing. I lost my appetite. As I looked around, there were 
photographs of what I assumed to be Italian events captured in history. It was right after the Coffin Bay King Oysters was delivered to our table, delicious appetizers, that things started to get hot. As we went around the table talking about what's next for us, what we wanted to accomplish, one of the most natural things was entrepreneurial endeavors, which was the odd duck in the group. Many didn't have the same aspirations at the time. But I'll never forget what somebody that I thought was so close to me said when I mentioned it about getting into e-commerce online. He says to me, House, are you still on that? You would have thought after the last two blunders that you'd let it go. Now this particularly stung for two reasons. One, because it was in a social setting, so something like that was made to humiliate whether it was intentional or not. But the other part of that was because he knew the situation that we had put in about $20,000 into one of the endeavors, one of the websites, and the web development company that we were referred to, they did a good job of looking like a legit business before they skated off out of town, closed it down, and there was nothing we can do about it because they were protected by the LLC. A huge blow. They knew how much energy, time, how many weekends we sacrificed to do it, often having to actually turn him down for nights of drinking, which of course in any college student's life is a very pleasurable pastime. Nights that you look back and remember forever as you meet up later in life and discuss the glory days. But the underlying message of that was, give it up, hang the hat up. Even knowing the circumstances of something that was completely out of our hands, just to fold it, because it didn't work out that one time. Now, the statistics say that it takes about eight to nine swings at the plate. You gotta fail about that amount to get to the glory land. I knew the rules of engagement. I knew that I was young enough that taking risks like that until it worked out was in my best interest and you have to make mistakes in order to learn. So the group got kind of quiet. They knew how important it was. And I said to them, that's kind of weird. And they all looked at me waiting for me to continue and I waited for him playing chicken with words. He broke the silence and he says, it's the truth. And I said, the truth is the situation that happened not that this is going to be the outcome every single time. I'm willing to take as many swings as I can. A one Curtis Jackson once said, Get rich or die trying. What a fantastic mentality to have because it's true. Only over when you say it's over. But at that point, the intentions were clear. It wasn't something uplifting. Like, that's awesome that even after that happened, you're still willing to get up and do it. It was some underlying resentment to have that resiliency, knowing he would have folded under the same conditions. Who knows? Who knows what it was? But at that point, that was when I had one of those moments where I started reevaluating who I kept around me. And I started noticing that more situations like this occur than I thought. People I thought were being positive or coming from a good heart to give me life's lessons. And I started noticing. Behind that smile was some sliminess, some Nickelodeon green slime that otherwise looked like a barrel of hearts before that. As we finished up the dinner, I put on a smile just because I didn't want to ruin the mood for everybody else, but underlying, it had me reconsidering a lot. The wheels were definitely spinning. 
And I would notice these signs more and more as time went on, especially when things actually start to go well. That's the craziest part. And I would notice these signs more and more. So here's some of the signs that you want to look out for. Let's say that you're working on painting or some other creative pursuit. Think writer, photographer, cinematographer, whatever it is, podcaster even. Hey, shout out to all the podcasters. Unknowingly, whether it's intentional or not, is really not important for you to decipher. But they might suddenly start taking an interest in whatever that pursuit is or whatever you are working on. Maybe not themselves, but just an interest in the subject. And they'll start showing you other famous artworks for you to see. And what they're really doing, you think it's, oh, this could be them trying to inspire me. But what they're really trying to do is send you a signal passive-aggressively saying, you think that you have a shot when there's things like this. There's work like this. You think you're going to match that? Just keep an eye out for that. You'll notice it. It It might even come in the form of a group chat text, a family gathering, a friendly gathering, because yes, it does come from family too, they'll do this. Interesting that it was never at the top of their list until you brought it up as your ambitions. It's meant to deflate you in a sense. It's meant to big up other people, but a good friend would support you and tell you the lessons that you can learn from this great person and how it could apply to you. In this case, do not get jealous. Pay it no mind. It doesn't really matter. They know nothing about your dedication levels and how serious your love runs for your art. But it's important to avoid any emotional attachment to a situation such as this because it serves no other purpose for you than being able to take a scalpel what it is that's making this person great. So just respond, oh, I love the way that they're doing this. Oh, I love that technique. They're definitely one of the best in the industry. A great learning experience. At that point, they're looking for your reaction to show deflation. Your eyes, they're looking at it to not be as fiery. They're looking for it to be gray, dropping. They're waiting for that moment of self-doubt like they have to wash over you. And they know all too well what that looks like. So be aware of that. When you do have a success... It's important to celebrate the small victories along the way, but they also now become targets of the predator for your success path. And what that means is, let's say that you got a thousand Twitter followers. They'll say something like, that's it? So-and-so has a hundred thousand. If it hasn't worked out yet and you haven't got a hundred thousand followers, man, that's a steep hill to climb, they might say. They won't come out and aggressively attack you. Not if they have some emoticon of intelligence. But these little jabs are meant to get into your head and they become worse and worse the more momentum that you get. They might even say things like, let's say that you get 20,000 followers the next time. Then they'll say something like, oh, likes don't matter. Followers don't matter. Anybody can do that. If they're willing to just beg for followers and post, they will find a way to downplay it. 
Or they might say something like, well, it's a good thing that you have so-and-so as a connection. You got lucky there. These are the people that you do not want to surround yourself with because you'll notice that they tell on themselves. Their mask falls when they never have anything positive to say and they'll mask it as, I'm just trying to be honest with you. I don't want to be a yes man or woman and fill your head and lie to you and make you think it's because I care about you, they will say. But it's really they care about their own feelings is what is really underneath the surface. It also will come up in situations where you're trying to make a major life change that they too have the desire to do. But for whatever reason, whether it's circumstantial or will, personal will, they cannot do. For instance, when I quit drinking, people assume one of two things typically. One, they will assume that you had a problem previously, that it was a a nightly thing. And two, they'll assume that you're self-righteous or will carry yourself as such. You get two responses. One, one, they will claim, oh, well, that's good. Not everybody can handle it. I do this in moderation. They won't say it exactly like that, but they will phrase it a really clever, sneaky way, disguised as something that seems harmless, and it might be, but there's a hidden sense of contempt behind it. The other people will start almost being apologetic to you. Oh, yeah, I got to start doing that. I'm starting Monday where I don't do this. I don't do it often. They'll start justifying themselves to you. And then the rest of the engagement, they'll start approaching you as if you are on a moral high horse when you never even intended for it to be that way. Even if you never came out and flat out said it, let's say that you're at an engagement and someone offers you a drink, you say, you know, that's, I don't drink. You didn't throw anything in their face or start condemning them. I hope you don't do that. I hope you don't point a finger and judge when you're making life changes. Everybody can agree that that's pretty annoying, and that's probably what they've become accustomed to from people when whatever crappy new diet comes out that everybody in starts waving around like it's a trophy on the mantle and will say, oh, I'm on the new caveman diet. Yeah, I'm only eating things from the chicken that I personally egg every morning. Whatever stupid fad diet comes out that people latch on to, Atkins, whatever it is, they use it as a virtue meter to hold over you. And they're probably used to that because it is typical. But even if you don't, you don't give them that reaction, they might even take you not doing that as that you think that you're better than them. But there's a next level to it. As it progresses, they will say comments such as, they'll say comments if someone compliments you. So for instance, that's incredible that you haven't drinking in four years. Was it hard? They'll ask you questions. That person will take note of the social interaction going and try to ping you down a little bit by saying something like, yeah, I couldn't do it. I want to have a life, they will say. You only live once. It's important to enjoy it. Not understanding that maybe self-destruction is not your idea of living. And you don't condemn others that do it. Everybody's different. Certain chemicals react differently with other people's biochemistry. It's just not for some people. But some people feel guilty about it. And they'll tell on themselves in situations that come up like that. Instead of encouraging you to keep it up and asking you about the benefits of it, how you feel, 
That's what a true friend would do. They will admire you for your discipline instead of trying to get you to doubt yourself and go back into those habits. Now apply this example to not just drinking. I'm talking everything. A new fitness routine, perhaps something that happened at work. It could be an accomplishment at work, like I just got promoted to manager, and they'll say something like, oh, bet you had to bootlick a lot or kiss a lot of behind to get there. They Again, they will not say it directly like that. It's meant to be general so that you can find the underlying message behind the doublespeak. It will come in the form of doublespeak 9 out of 10 times because it's usually said around other people, and they don't want to appear to be a jerk. So they'll mask it. But they what they do is... Their value in relation to you at that point, either because the attention you're getting or the praise, is they need to ping you down so that they feel comfortable in their own skin in that situation. But we enable this behavior so much because they've been a good friend to us for so long. But have you noticed that all of these things only started happening the better you have gotten with yourself, the better, the better your self-development and growth has gotten? That's when it started coming out. That's when things took that twist. You see this theme. Read any biography of successful people and you will notice that there was a swath of people telling them they couldn't do it for X, Y, and Z reasons. Some, a laundry list or a book can be made for all the reasons why they wouldn't. And so it's important for you, especially if you're a positive person, that as a moral high ground, I'd like to give credit to my listeners and assume that they're humble, that they beat to their own drum, and that they do not look to downplay others, but they look to uplift instead. Some of the biggest signs that you will find from toxic people around you, and they're not obvious, when you really start getting some momentum going, phone starts getting awfully quiet. The communication starts lacking substance, if it ever had it. It starts to become shorter. The periods in between the communication get longer, and you may even find out at one point that they have been saying some nasty, nasty things, some Nickelodeon green slime things behind your back. It's natural to feel hurt by this, betrayed, but here's the thing that you have to notice. There was a study from Australia Telegraph that said that 50% of your friends don't actually like you. And so you might be asking, well, then why would they keep in touch with me? Usually as a measuring stick to keep you at bay for their own self-esteem. What that means is they probably saw something, a light in you, that said, I meant to do a little bit more than average. But the sad thing is that so many people actually listen. Oh, my friends were right. I need to have a life. I shouldn't be in on a Friday studying. I shouldn't be working Saturday to refine my practice. It's hopeless. It only happens to the lucky. They also fear the criticism, the rejection that comes from their own tribe because they're taking an unbeaten path. And nobody wants to feel like that. The isolation, the loneliness ends up consuming all the desire to pursue their mission. And that is what you have to keep in mind. Is It's so important not to listen to that. It might even come from your family. It, it might happen. And let's say that you wrote a book or something like that. They might do anything and everything to ever avoid even talking about it. That's another sign, is when you see 
that even the mere mention of it, they might pull up their phone and start texting, talking to somebody else, completely ignoring you, trying to deflate you and make you feel unimportant. They try to reduce the significance of whatever it is that you're pursuing. And the last big thing to look out for too is pay attention to what their response is. If they start being a me too, and they're not normally like that, like they start saying, oh yeah, I I did that and oh, I did that five years ago. My cousin did that and he actually had 20,000 sales in just three months. I use the creation aspect of it. It could apply to so many things, so many other things, but I use this as the most tangible reason simply because That's typically what you see in people who get covered. So I have to use a wide example, but it could happen even if you're not doing these things. It could be a new boyfriend or girlfriend that you just met. Something like, oh, it won't last. Or how'd you guys meet? Oh, we met at this bar. Ugh, on that side of town? You know how the girls or guys are over there. So you'll notice they don't directly say, oh, that person is. There's so many different examples aside from what we talked about. It could be an entire book, honestly. But the whole point is to be aware of what's going on. Again, it's not meant to make you paranoid or hypervigilant, but if you can prevent letting things get in your head that were packaged as a gift, but underneath is a box of snakes, then we can all agree that decision-making is probably the most important thing that we have at our disposal. And it's a choice that we make. And if you see the warning signs Not allowing it to happen is the best prevention tactic. If you insist on keeping them around because you're not going to just cut them out, well, two things happen. Stop taking what they say seriously. Go gray wall. Do not give them any emotional reaction. Do not show that is affecting you. Even if it is, ignore it. Learn to develop thick, bulletproof skin. And they'll eventually leave you alone because they're going to see that they're efforts are futile. People around you are taking notice that they sound petty and they'll typically stop. The underlying resentment will be there, but you'll be able to talk about things at a surface level and at least be cordial. But it's when you react that you're giving them the satisfaction that they want. They might even be worried about you abandoning them, that once you get to a certain level that you're just going to forget about them or look down on them. That's probably one of the biggest reasons they do it. But just be aware. I can't tell you how many young men and women I've seen get talked out of decisions that would have been incredible for them and should have had a supporting cast around them telling them to go for it and they threw it away because they were worried about quote unquote not having a life anymore, not having friends. You need to ask yourself, is it more important to have 25 pennies or a quarter? True friends will uplift you. They will support you your mission. They will actively go out of their way to give you a boost, whether that's telling their friends about something that you do, a service maybe that you offer. They might even want to join you in the best case scenario, but do not let a wolf in sheep's clothing get by you when it's preventable and don't let them make you feel guilty about calling them out on their BS, whether you say it directly or your actions show it. They will know when you see through their mask and their intentions by your reactions more than even what you say to it. And that is when the shame sets in. Give them that feeling they deserve it. They deserve to feel low about it because they were having lo-fi intentions and actions and words that they were throwing your way. Let them feel that. 
And once you know and don't even say anything, that's the most powerful thing. It might even get to the point where they reevaluate what they were doing. Because once you don't give them that reaction, but you let them know non-directly that you're aware of what they're saying and what they're going for and you still don't care, it is empowering. The power goes into your hands on whether or not you want to keep them, but they will change their tune, stop being nasty, and you'll start to notice that you have more energy over time. Best thing to do is to just carry on your mission and let the action speak for itself. There's a reason actions are louder than words is a cliche. Act unaffected, even if it is. Over time, the fake it till you make it principle will happen. It'll stop getting under your skin. You'll realize how petty it is and why they're doing it. It's because you know you're doing something. You're winning. You're going up. And notice their life decisions. Notice their life decisions. They're not quite going anywhere. They're still stuck, stagnant. And even then, you still extend in hand. They'll slap it away from you. If they have any humility or self-reflection, they might humble themselves and take you up on your offer to help them. And that is the sign of an above 3D mentality is even when people go there despite you, you're still willing to help through positivity. Self-reflection is the most powerful way and make meaningful change. And if you can evoke that feeling on somebody else without having to be nasty towards them back, you might just save a friend and you might even save an outlook, a destructive mentality that they're holding and taking out on people unnecessarily. We'll probably do a follow-up to this because there are many more signs. I'm trying to give you the non-obvious look. Of course, you're going to recognize when people start insulting you directly, saying you're an idiot or delusional, whatever it is. Seeing the doublespeak that is so common, especially in the quote-unquote sophisticated world, at the educational world, you'll notice that they are masters clothing negative language into something that seems fairly harmless. They might even mean it to be fairly harmless, but it's their subconscious and unconscious creeping in to their language, telling on themselves, and it's easy to see that resentment, and it could be destructive at some point. In a worse, worst case scenario, they might be actively doing things to put a hold or a roadblock in front of you. That has happened to Mr. Smart City. I had someone very close to me that I thought was an excellent friend and I didn't even know that not only were they not supportive or making passive-aggressive jabs, but they were actively going out of their way to dissuade people. They were actively, they were actively going out of their way to make things harder for me. It happens. I hope that doesn't happen to you. Don't let it happen to you. Be aware of the signs. Go above 3D. Surround yourself with positive energy. This is House, a.k.a. Mr. Smart City. Let me know what you think of the show by sending me an email directly, house at bestrevenuewriter.com. Follow me on YouTube, House from Smart City, for more premium content, all one word. House from Smart City, all one word, for more premium content and exclusive looks at sneak peeks for upcoming episodes and themes. And just to let you know, Minds Winner, Season 3 of the Smart City Podcast. The Minds Winner series is almost complete for the scripts and the writing of it. We have already began recording and it will be about overcoming some of the harshest challenges. Personal stories along with the best in modern science and psychology to help you overcome some of the most crippling of life's problems. It's important not to be an ostrich 
with the head in the sand and just face it head on. That might potentially turn off some viewers who just want to fill their head with positive things. I hear you. But for other people, addressing the problem head on is the best way to make meaningful change. Could save some lives. Who knows? But we'll see you next time. We'll see you Thursday. Mr. Smart City out. Ciao. Now.